you keep hearing this stock phrase that age is just a number, and it really is. I mean, I think the cultivation of curiosity is the key factor here. And just wondering, how does that work? What does that do? It doesn't require very much to get out and 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 talk and look and see and feel something new all the time that keeps you alive and keeps you wondering Welcome back to the Tell Them You Mean Business podcast. I am so excited today for our guest, Mr. William Shatner, the actor, author, director, musician, and producer for almost seven for over seven decades. As our guest, Mr. Shatner, welcome. Thank you, God. That over seven decades is a real, you know. Oh my gosh, that's right. It's amazing, isn't it? Over seven decades. I mean, yeah, hard to believe. Almost as long as uh, uh, your firm and I have been connected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are so grateful for the relationship we've had over the last 14 years with you as a friend of the firm and all you've done for us and the kind words. Well, you've been such a uh, good, a loyal, I don't know how to characterize it, friend. Uh, 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 It's great. And we were so grateful to hear you on B93.3 Radio talking up the firm. Let's take a listen. Well, I just saw your commercial on the TV here in the studio for Hupy and Abraham. Do you remember doing that commercial? It airs all the time here in Milwaukee. I do. It's a great law office. (laughs) You actually met the owner in an elevator, and he asked you to do the commercial, and you said yes, and it was as simple as that. Well, that's, yeah. Basically, basically that was it. There was some stuff before and after, but I've, uh, rather than pulling that commercial, I think the company is that good that I've just left it there. And and uh, uh, because it's a it's a great uh, law firm, and and uh, indeed, if I had a problem in that area, I would. That's the first people I would go to. There we go. So William Shatner live on stage following the screening of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. That is coming March 10th when we need things to do in Milwaukee in March. It's not exactly a fun month here in Milwaukee, but Mr. Shatner, a pleasure to talk to you on B93.3. Take care, man. Bye-bye. So you're coming back to Milwaukee. I'm so excited. You're coming to the PAPS. I know. On March 10th. Will you tell the listeners what you're going to be doing here? It's going to be awesome. Everything you do is awesome. Here's what's going to happen. I'm coming to the PAPS Theater. And we're we're going to um, bring the uh, the film uh, the Wrath of Khan uh, or the Wrath of Khan <laughs> uh, the Wrath of Khan or the Wrath of Khan. By the way, it's the same film. It was uh, arguably the best of the uh, the uh, Star Trek films that I've been in, and um, and. Uh, We'll play that. The, the film's been burnished, uh, so the color is better and the figures are better and sound is better and and 
And everything about the film has been uh, upgraded. And it'll be shown on the big screen, of course. So when the people come to the theater, they'll see the movie in, in its best form. And then I'll come out later, after the film is over, I'll come out on stage, and we'll have a live component to the entertainment. I'll stay on stage an hour or more and answer questions and tell stories and talk about the film or anything else anybody else wants to talk about. And uh, it has been great fun for everybody, and I'm looking forward to doing that uh, in your theater. Uh, well, for those people that have not had the benefit of seeing you live, I can tell you, having seen you live in your one-man show, it is fabulous. So we encourage everybody to go out and buy tickets early and come see this performance because we know it's going to be great. You know, one of the things that really strikes me about you, Mr. Shatner, is just all the different things you do and how you do them so well. I just read your book, Boldly Go, Reflections on a Life of Awe and Wonder, and I've heard people talk about you as having a mastery of language and being a wordsmith, and boy, does that come through in the book. Tell us quickly um, why you wrote this book and and how you developed just this mastery of language and when that started. Well, uh, the English, uh, one of my kids, uh, or maybe it was one of my grandkids, said, why, why do you use so many words? And I said, because words are like painting. A painter, uh, a great painter, will use all kinds of subtlety. It's gray, and then it's black, and it's black gray, and it's blue gray, and all the tones of subtlety in music and art and and dancing. All the the, the creative arts have subtlety of uh, of uh, expression. And so the, uh, the the wordsmith, the people who write for a living. Need to have at their at their uh, at their side that in 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 their uh, uh, I'm trying to come up with the right word <laughs> in their compendium of uh, of the language uh, all the subtleties you know the the Eskimos have thirteen the Inuit people who live in Alaska and in Canada have thirteen words for the condition of snow. We have snow, sweat snow, dry snow, <laughs> but they have 13 words, and so the English language is equally subtle. And I love that subtlety. So you can you can shade the feeling that you're wishing to express and bring that to uh, the, uh, your your uh, the person who is listening to you. Bring that to their consciousness. And one of the the quotes, er, actually early in the book, that I found so compelling is where you said the desire for knowledge keeps me vital at ninety one, and it really shows with the stories you talk about in the book, and this desire to keep doing these things to to keep going and being excited, you know. And I well, can exactly, you know, it, um, you keep hearing this stock phrase that age is just a number, and it really is. I mean, I think the cultivation of curiosity is the key factor here. Uh, And just wondering, how does that work? What does that do? Uh, Should you go out to dinner with a friend or stay home and uh, and not go out and watch television? Go, it doesn't require very much to get out and 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 talk and look and see and feel something new all the time that keeps you alive and keeps you wondering uh 
I I've got uh, I did a, a performance at uh, Kennedy Center a while ago, and we're making a documentary of it and the album and and a uh, musical video. One of the songs that uh, I helped write was is called "So Fragile, So Blue." We're making a music video of it, and I in my fantasy, it's a rallying cry uh, for uh, helping save the earth. Uh, the way uh, that song um, "We Are the World" sure. was a rallying cry. That's my fantasy for "So Fragile, So Blue." So the continuous effort to produce something, whether it's a conversation with you or whether it's a book, anything to uh, to that has a result is, is, is brings you you. Did you have any trepidation at all when you were asked to go up in space? I mean, when I saw that you were going, I was so excited. And I'm just wondering if someone said to me, Jason, uh, you have this opportunity to go in space. I'm just wondering whether I would have the courage. So how was it well, when you, you were know, asked? That, that's exactly right. Uh, so uh, and, and following my own uh, advice, I said, no. <laughs> I said no. I'm not going to go. So the, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos went up with his uh, with his uh, brother and his brother, and he, he was it wasn't for the first one. So they invited me for the second. And I said, ah, I'm not going to go up second. <laughs> and then I thought, wait a minute. That this took place like between sleep and and wakefulness. Said, wait a <laughs> It's a thrill to go up. Why am I avoiding that thrill? So I thought, you know, it would be an innocuous trip up there. And I would just go up and have the thrill of it and come back down and say, yeah, I went. I had no idea that it would trend worldwide and, and it became such a thing. And then became this campaign. I've always been an ecologist, and uh, but going up there sharpened it. I, I felt this great sadness. I didn't know why. What are you sad about? I was weeping. Why am I crying? And I realized it was in grief. For the world that I had was so aware of the extinction of so many species, uh, and uh, I, I was overwhelmed by emotion. I had no idea that was going to happen, and apparently, it was filmed and it was a truthful thing, and that was that resonated with uh, with people watching it, and it became a, an element. Yeah, it was so interesting in the way you described it, like a funeral. I thought that was so interesting. You would, from an outsider's perspective, I would have never envisioned that that would be the reaction. And when you talk and about, did I. yeah, the I mean, overview effect that you find out other people did. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was an unexpected reaction, totally. And I think it, so it caught caught me off guard, and apparently caught a lot of people off guard who saw the documentary that they were that we were making well the last thing i want to ask you about before we let you go and i'm just so grateful for your time is i heard a story and i don't know if this is true i'm sure it probably is but you have been so dedicated to your craft over the years and i had heard that you were in new york city uh, doing your one-man show, and I believe you then had the next show in Chicago, and the weather was so bad that the flights were canceled that you actually rented a car to drive yourself from New York to Chicago to make sure you made it to the show. Now, that's a true story. I It was actually, the show was uh, was in on Long Island. I forgot the name of the city, but way into Long Island, further east than New York City, 
and uh, and the city I had to get to was Gary, I think, uh, which is right near uh, Chicago. And uh, another guy, the guy running the show, the running the computer, and I, who did, and the guy, uh, his name was Dave. Dave didn't drive, and and we had this. I rented this little because I landed in Newark. I rented this little four-wheel drive Fiat, <laughs> thinking, you know, I've, I've never driven a Fiat. I'll drive to Long Island. I'll drive back from my Long Island. I'll get on the plane, go home, and uh, or, or take a plane to uh, Chicago. And uh, so I rented this little car, but with, but strangely, it had four-wheel drive, uh, and uh, and that's what uh, was our saving grace because. It was one of the. It was the big storm that year, that was creeping up north to uh, New York City. It was a nor'easter, so it was coming in from the south, and then uh, it hit the city. And we're in Long Island. I'm listening to 15-minute reports, and we jump in the car, and, and Dave brings uh, suggests that one of his big, uh, heavy friends who weighed like 250 pounds get in the back seat. <laughs> for, for, for weight, and we drove <laughs> off. And as I'm crossing uh, across the Hudson, yeah, and and um, and the flakes of snow are beginning because the storm is moving up from the south, and we're north of uh, New York City. And as we drive across the bridge, the ominous sign was the blizzard was now hitting, and it did for whatever that is, four or five hundred miles. Drove all night. Uh, it, uh, it, 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 everybody was, uh, had pulled over the trucks that make that, uh, I was on highway 80, which is the major, major thoroughfare across the country north there. All the trucks had pulled over into the, uh, the parking lots into, uh, where the restaurants were into, uh, places like that, and they looked like huddled elephants uh, <laughs> in the snow, and I'm driving in this little <laughs> and I'm the only one who drive, could drive. Uh, it was it was massive. I didn't know that story was out there. It was massive. Well, I heard it. I got there in time, in time for a, 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 a performance. I had heard it. I assumed it was true, knowing how hard you work and how awesome you are. Well, I cannot thank you enough for spending the time with me. is mine. Good luck. I'm so happy to be with you. And we'll see you in March. You're a legend, and we're so grateful for you being a friend of the firm for the last 14 years, and we'll see you in March here in Milwaukee. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in March as well. Take care. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Tell Them You Mean Business. We are looking forward to more amazing guests, events, and stories coming up this season. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and share the Tell Them You Mean Business podcast with your family and friends. If you want more information about the topics covered on this podcast, visit hupi.com or email info at hupi.com. And remember, if you're injured in an accident, call Hupi and Abraham at 800-800-5678 to tell them you mean business.